the buzz and tell me what's a-happening. This is the Pyro Light Podcast, the real episode 24, and today, folks, is January 1st, 2016. Ah! That's my little noise that rings in the new year. And we are heading into the midst of week 17, baby. The music that brought us in tonight was from Pacific Rhythm Combo doing a classic song entitled Hunk It Tonk Popcorn. And honestly, is there any other way to pop your corn? Now, this is the final episode of the Pyrolite Podcast for the regular season. You can find the regular crew, of course, 52 weeks a year on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. And if you guys dig us, leave us a review on iTunes. We would be more than appreciative, and we will certainly keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Now, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at PyromaniacMo. That's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. The rest of the crew is at Pyromaniac. That's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. And now, a quick word from a sponsor who I am guessing... Because it's week 17, and you should not be playing in your regular redraft leagues. I'm guessing a lot of you are using our sponsor. That is, of course, DraftKings. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes day in and day out at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitment. Play whenever you want. Just pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same old players. In fact, over $1 billion will be awarded this year at DraftKings.com, and you could be next. Go to DraftKings now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users receive a deposit matching bonus, and you even get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com, promo code PYRO. So, gang, we have come to the long end of a journey together. Championships are over. Congrats to those of you that persevered. And if you did not bring home the hardware, then a most vile pestilence be thrust upon the owner that ousted you. Now, if you are in a league that plays week 17 for your championship, why may this be the last year that you do? There is just far too much uncertainty in week 17. It is the anomaly. You may very well have a stud that got you to the playoffs. You rode them all year, and because of situation, you're not going to be able to use them. There are plenty of guys that have huge question marks hanging over their head just because they may get some rest for the playoffs. NFL teams, of course, that's their, their goal, right, is gearing up for the playoffs. Several teams have things locked up, squared away, and that's going to affect the play in Week 17. Lots of players getting rest eyes on the future, Uh, a championship should not be run in week 17, right? I mean, if I'm relying on Cam, who might not even play a full game this week, what kind of championship does that reflect if I'm not even able to utilize my studs? So do yourself a favor, join the rest of the world, play championships week 16. Now with that in mind, today's Pyro Podcast Light episode 24, will live up to its name for once. Uh, One, that I am flying solo, but we just don't have as much content to cover. 
because championships are complete, at least for the most part, those of you doing it the correct way, I'm going to drop the Huey Lewis in the news and notes, of course, and then just close out with some DFS picks. But before we dive into the get into that together, I'm all excited to get there. Uh, I just want to let the pyromaniacs know the light will continue this offseason, and I'm going to say Valverde to that. Now, I'm not going to do one every week, as I was during the preseason and, of course, the regular season. As I said, Pyro Heavy still knocking them out 52 weeks a year. I'm still Pyro Heavy or uh, focused heavily on Pyro, other facets, that is, news feeds, player write-ups, second opinions. And remember, we do rankings and write-ups all the way up to the Super Bowl, basically. As long as you can play DFS, you can find rankings and write-ups for all available players that, that we see fit to rank. And believe me, dog ranks a ton. So we will not let you down. We are there through the, the whole gamut, through the Super Bowl. But the Pyro Light podcast will be done intermittently, especially during the offseason. You know, I'm going to be chatting with a lot of great minds from around the industry. I've already got some folks lined up. Pyro can be your one-stop shop where you can hear some of the fantasy minds best and brightest, sharing their opinions about the sport we all know and love. Now, we've always said we want to teach our listeners to fish rather than just feed them a meal for a day. Well, with that in mind, the Pyro Light podcasts are going to deliver these talks with the best and brightest and bring their insight and Pyro's take right to your iPod. The Light will certainly cover some of the big off-season events like the Combine and the Draft. Uh, certainly when Pyro comes out with new cool content and pieces, I'm going to highlight them here, but it's just not going to be on a weekly basis. So in conclusion... You know, this has been a wonderful year. I want to thank all the pyromaniacs out there that have reached out, uh, shared their love and passion for this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Pyro is just getting going, and I feel lucky to be working with this company and a part of uh, such a great group of people, family, folk. Uh, I'm ready to recharge the batteries, as I know a lot in the industry are. But I'm anxious to get to some new content pieces as well. I'm a nerd. I even just started doing my um, way too soon tiers for next year. And I'm always looking for ways to dive into the stats. See what they tell me. Come up with cool ways to get up a leg up on the fantasy competition. I tell you, we are going to be a household name. We have an exciting offseason plan. Some new ventures coming um, that the pyromaniacs will love. Remember, Pyro is a fantasy football company with soul, and I am here to deliver the Huey Lewis News. And notes. For starters, let's just remember, no Thursday game to review. No Saturday games either. <clears throat> so really, they're all on Monday. Heck, we don't have any mon uh, Monday games. They're all on Sunday. Excuse me. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So with that in mind, let's run down the teams. Now, one, I did tweet out earlier from Josh Moore, a really great article, uh, 4 for 4, talking about teams that are motivated and teams that are um, 
unmotivated concerning the playoffs. So I'm going to give you that as well as who's questionable, uh, who is ruled out, and some other little tidbits as we go. I certainly think motivation is a big factor in DFS. I'm going to cover that as we go. So a team like Arizona, they are motivated. Now, although they're already in the playoffs, they've secured first round by. They're hoping to win home field throughout. So obviously, when I say a team is motivated versus a team that's already out, clearly, the team that is motivated are going to have guys that are trying extra hard. Uh, you can bet on some consistency and some regularity in the roster lineup versus the teams that are out. You just don't know what you're going to get. Maybe the coaches are looking uh, at draft options and they want to see their third and fourth string running back. Uh, maybe coaches are trying to highlight a guy that they are trying to trade. So with teams that are out, you just don't always know what you're going to get. We can prognosticate as much as we can. But in DFS, I like knowing what I'm getting, and I think it's a good nugget to pass on to sort of gravitate to those teams that are motivated, and you know they are playing whistle to whistle. So Arizona, they are motivated. They can increase uh, their playoff bound potential by gaining home field advantage throughout. Now, questionable boys, they got a lot of them. Palmer, again, this is just a finger. He rubbed some dirt on it last week. Should be good. Ellington, they're easing him back in. He is questionable too. Only got seven carries last week. Other questionables, Step Van Taylor, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd. So lots of guys here, lots of guys that are great fantasy plays, but I'm checking particularly with a Fitzgerald or a Floyd come Sunday morning if that questionable designation has indeed changed to probable. All were limited in practice Wednesday except Floyd. He was the only one that it was unable to go. So particularly keep an eye on Floyd. There's a chance that David Johnson could see some rest as they gear up for the playoffs. Now that's just speculation on my part, but perhaps we might see a bit of Kerwin Williams. Defensively, they have eight questionable guys uh, and one guy already listed as out. So could be some interesting play there in Arizona. Atlanta. Boy, Atlanta. After starting the year 5-0, and unbelievably, they are out of contention. Um, uh, again, Devin Coleman, he was out last week with the questionable uh, injury listing. I believe D-Rex said he went, slipped in the shower. Anyway, uh, Coleman, he is out. Baltimore, these cats are out of the playoffs, and I'm pretty much avoiding them like the plague. Buffalo, out of the playoffs. This could be a team to avoid as well. They really have nothing on the line. Now, they're facing the Jets last time they played. T-Mobile, he was under constant pressure, sacked four times, finished with 158 passing yards and just 12 rushing. So, if history... Shows us anything. T-Mobile could be in line for a long day. Now, you know Rex is going to have his guys uh, amped up as best he can, but the Jets can be a task uh, for opposing quarterbacks, and certainly that was the last time when T-Mobile faced them. McCoy is out, leaving the community of a backfield of Gillisley and Williams. Going down to Carolina, they're certainly motivated. In fact, they're already in, but you know, you just know, Ron... Rivera, he's going to want to get his team fired up. They were shooting for the undefeated season. They didn't get it. Little uh, bit of draft, or I'm sorry, street narrative there. 
that they uh, are going to be fighting fiercer than ever from last week. So we shall see. But these guys are indeed motivated. Again, I'm using these terms from Josh Moore. He went through, gave them, you know, motivated, slightly motivated, and then the guys that are, of course, out. Uh, so Carolina should be a safe play unless they just get up by a ton and rest their guys in the second half. But, of course, you're always kind of leery of that. Uh, they are fighting for home field, so that's why they are motivated. They've already got the first round by, but you know they want that uh, home field advantage throughout, hence the motivational tag from Josh Moore. Jonathan Stewart and Fozzie are out. Ginn listed as doubtful. Chicago, they're out of the playoffs. Now, I was talking to Dog about this. From my perspective, since Forte will not be around next year, this could be one of those crazy Week 17 scenarios. The coaching staff has increasingly given less snaps to Forte. The dude has not eclipsed 30 offensive snaps in the last three games. Langford is the future. He received 19 carries alone last week. That was his second highest total of his rookie campaign. Heck, last week even Kadeem Carey got some looks. Don't you think Fox and the coaching staff want to inform their draft day decisions just a bit by looking at what they have on roster? Now, they've got eight defensive players listed as questionable. Five starters, Forte and Zach Miller, are questionable. Eddie Royal was just downgraded to, uh, I believe he was downgraded from questionable to doubtful today so keep your eye on royal not that i would suggest using him but zach miller could certainly be a play uh, basically we've got mark mariani a three catch 30 yard guy playing the role of wide receiver number one ouch as i said though langford i kind of like him i think he could be a sneaky dfs play i love his price i think they might rely more on langford less on forte Forte is going to be gone. Langford's the future. They want to see what they have. If uh, the past couple games tell us anything, it's going to be tilting Langford's way. Again, Kadeem Carey. I know the coaching staff does like this kid. I heard an interview with uh, Cecil Lammy talking about this. Lammy knows uh, Fox from the Denver days. He's got an inside track there. And there was some interest in Kadeem Carey, so they might give him even more of a look than they did last week. Moving to Cincinnati. According to Josh Moore. The Bengals are highly motivated, so this would be a team I'm looking to get guys in. Again, I'm looking for guys that are have some playoff aspirations, except Washington, but I'll get there. And Cincinnati is highly motivated. They're already in, but they're for fighting for a first-round bye. And you know they want that, to give Dalton the extra rest. He's already been ruled out for Week 17. Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland. Now, uh, I would really be leery of this team. They are 3-12 currently, same as Tennessee, and they are fighting. I guess the word is fighting, but they are in competition together for the first round pick. They're out of the playoffs. Manziel, he's out, either from a concussion or shame of the latest party pictures. I mean, I didn't see where the concussion came from last week. I didn't see a hit, but apparently he has a concussion. Who knows what it is with Manziel, but he is out. Third stringer, uh, Glenn Winston is out, the running back. And fourth string running back is questionable as well, leaving the Crow and the Duke, the only reliable options in the backfield. Also questionable, Travis Benjamin. 
Again, staying clear of Cleveland. I'm staying clear of Tennessee for that matter because you just got to believe they're shooting for that draft pick. Dallas, they're out of the playoffs. Dez is done in Dallas, so wide receivers are going to be hurting. But Dallas could be a sneaky play defensively. Going to talk about that in a bit. Denver is another team that is highly motivated. I like the Denver players. Already in playoffs, but they are fighting for a first-round bye and possibly home field throughout if they win and the Patriots lose. Now, here's the one everyone's watching. Don't know how much relevance it has to fantasy. Certainly not this week, but Manning practiced fully on Thursday. Both he and Brock are listed as probable. Brock has already been named the starter, but it's going to make for an interesting call in the playoffs, especially if Brock has a decent game. Now, if he falls flat, it's an easy decision. If not, you're going to see a bunch of talking heads talking Brock or Manning. We shall see. If it is Manning, you know, on, on the one hand, you've got his playoff success and he's well rested. On the other hand, we've seen what he has done in the first half of the season. Really, I would listen to reports and uh, listen to the beat writers and see how he's passing it, seeing if this rest has really uh, rejuvenated and if he's really recuperated throughout this rest or if he's still hampered. Detroit, they're out of the playoffs, but heck, they've been out for a while. They're playing okay. Amir Abdullah, Calvin Johnson, both listed as questionable. Both of them did get in limited practice all week, should be good to go. Here's another one of the situations. I think we might see less Bell and more of guys like Abdullah, even the young rookie win. Uh, that's the future. Bell is not. So teams like Detroit, where they got some running younger running backs, they might choose to highlight those backs if indeed the team is out, as Detroit is. Green Bay, also highly motivated, meaning safe play in DFS. Well, <laughs> they are Green Bay, so it's been a roller coaster of a year, but the highly motivated tag should say that they are a safe play in DFS. Now, they've already clinched a berth. A win over the Vikings would give them the AF NFC Championship, the North the Norse division. Uh, Eddie Lacy, he's listed as questionable with the toe. He's been limited all week in practice. Houston, they are motivated. They can clinch the AFC South with a win, and the only one they're really missing, Cecil Shorts, has been ruled out. Indy have a tag, according again, 4 for 4 is Josh Moore, of somewhat motivated. Again, all these teams, I'm putting a little check by. So when I'm doing my DFS lineups, I'm trying to get those guys lined up for me. Not that it's a guarantee they're going to do well, but it, it should make for a tiebreaker for you at the very least. Indy somewhat motivated. Still in the hunt, but it's pretty slim. They need some things to fall into place. Now Luck and Hasselbeck, out. Friday marked the third day this week that their backups... Freeman and Ryan Lindley split reps. We will see. Josh Freeman or Ryan Lindley, who's at the helm? Now, I mentioned last week that Gore was returning to Miami for his first time in his pro career. I said in San Francisco he did play Miami once, but it was in San Francisco. So I said there might be some street narrative there, and indeed there was. He had two scores for his homecoming. He could be an interesting guy in DFS this week, not because of last week. But where in the hell else is this offense going to go? They've got Ryan Lindley, they've got Freeman. I think they might do a ground and pound and try to win it on the back of Gore. As I said, still got an outside shot, so you know they're playing for something. 
Currently, this is the only game that Vegas does not have a lineup for, which is interesting because they don't know exactly what's going to happen with these quarterbacks and this situation. Jacksonville, they are out of the playoffs. Yeldon, he is out. Now, Jonas Gray, baby. I was happy to see Dog has him high up in his rankings. I think he could be sneaky. Now, guys like Jonas Gray and some other ones that I'm going to mention, they're GPP plays, only in big tournaments. When I'm playing cash, I want security. Not always going to get it in week 17. That's why week 17 is not a great cash game week. I want GPP week 17 because you're really taking a lot of gambles, and that's what GPP is about. Now, Yeldon, he's out. Jonas Gray could be in store for some more carries. If you think about it, Denard, he's truly a third down back. Gray is the guy... That has not been long with this organization. And we've all seen what he could do in the past. He's had some blow-up potential for sure. Uh, we've seen Jonas do it before. My guess is Jonas can get it done again if he is afforded the opportunity. Moving over to Kansas City. They are, quote, slightly motivated. They are already in the playoffs, but they can clinch a divisional title. Moving over to Miami. Miami, Miami, my, oh my, they are out of the playoffs. Now, looking at the roster, Richard Matthews, who has not played since week 12, listed as questionable. What else is new? Stills, Kenny Stills, is also listed as questionable. Parker, the young rook wide receiver, could get an uptick, both with opportunity, but also because there's a revolving staff there, and chances are the GM wants to see some more looks from their rookie. Minnesota, I already mentioned this matchup for the NFC Norse division versus Green Bay. They are highly motivated. They're in the playoffs already, but they can clinch the North with a win. Nolens, it's a great matchup. Although they are out of the playoffs, beauty of a matchup. I'm going to highlight some of the Vegas picks earlier. This is one game the Sharps are on for sure. Now, today... Breeze was upgraded to probable. Good news for a shootout. Valverde, that one. Colston has been ruled out, making guys like Sneed and Cooks more appetizing, perhaps even a Coleman. The Giants, they're out of the playoffs. Dwayne Harris, listed as questionable. Could be a revenge game for ODB, if you ask me. Also, potential shootout. In England, that's the Patriots. They're motivated. Already in the playoffs and already secured the first round bye, they can clinch home field with a win. Lanker Henner, Len <laughs> Leonard Hankerson was a short and too sweet, my friend. He's been cut by the Pats. Now, Edelman, out. LaFell and Amendola, questionable. And we're going to revisit some options in my DFS talk later on New England. The Jets, highly motivated. If they win, they are in. Plus, they're playing Rex. Now, they can get in if certain other teams lose, and even if they lose as well. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, you want to know who will be giving it the raw, and the Jests control their destiny. So indeed, they're going to leave it all out in the field. Only one to note there, uh, Blal Powell, he is questionable. Keep your eye on that come Saturday. Or Sunday, excuse me. Oakland. Out of the playoffs, and I don't know if there's too many great plays there. Philly, could be some interesting things here. This, again, bit of a shootout. 
Although they're out of the playoffs, the big question here is how will the team respond to the firing of Chip Kelly? Now, personally, I hope Kelly gets another job in the NFL. He really shook things up, although it didn't work out here. Man, nobody changes things in the NFL. It's like you just they keep recycling the same old coaches. They keep recycling the same playbooks, the same concepts, same ideas. Finally, someone brought in some new, really new perspectives and new ideas that just didn't work here. It's not to say the Kelly offense won't work, just didn't have the right chemistry here. But it's going to be interesting to see how everyone responds. Could be a sneaky defense to play. Also, perhaps GPP, small percentage, but GPP, I would only own a, you know 5% of a share of DeMarco Murray, but you could easily see a chip no pun intended, on his shoulder wanting to have a good game. I think many of the Eagles could be wanting to make a statement, as if to say, it's not us, it's Coach. It's not us, it's Kelly. Look at how good we are. I think a lot of the guys on the offense for the Eagles could be playing with that same motivation. Pittsburgh, officially motivated. They are in the playoff hunt at 9-6. and six. They need a win and a Jets loss. Both teams play at 1 o'clock on the East Coast. So, yeah, they're going to have their eye on the scoreboard, but they're going to be playing from whistle to whistle, first to fourth. Martavis Bryant popped up on the reports this week, listed as questionable. He's got an illness. Now, although he missed practice both Wednesday and Thursday, he did return to practice today, Friday. His status will likely get an upgrade on Saturday. Just be aware and, again, double-check. San Diego, they are out of the playoffs. They got some guys nicked up as well. Wide receiver number two, Steve Johnson. Wide receiver number four, Javante Herndon. Both listed as questionable. Seattle, they are motivated. They've already clinched a berth, but they can improve their spot. I think they can go up to the fifth spot, and that would be good. Um, they would play a lesser opponent. Uh, tight end Luke Wilson has been ruled out. His backup. Cooper Helfett. He could be a budget play in DFS. Now, San Francisco, not much here. Fantasy-wise, they're out of the playoffs and not really any strong pickings anyway. St. Louis, out of the playoffs. Here's the sad thing, because I thought he'd be a great play this week. Gurley is currently listed as doubtful, and it's trending towards inactive on Sunday because of his concussion. This could mean that we're going to see the double dose of Trey Mason and Benny Cunningham, who amounted to not much while we were waiting for Gurley at the onset of the season. Tampa Bay, they're out of the playoffs. Mike Evans is a guy I almost put on my fade list. I will probably be fading him. One, the guy continues to struggle with the drops, but he draws the Bates Motel. That is Josh Norman, who's looking to put a good face on and show the world he's not just about baseball bats and hot lip. He can actually guard people, which he can. That's who Evans faces. Tennessee, as I said, be leery of this team. They are 3-12, and same as Cleveland, and I guess you could use the term fighting. They are competing for the first round pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, both the quarterback Marietta, Kendall Wright are both out for Tennessee. Washington, I'm leery of this one. They've already locked up the fourth seed. Now, no matter what, win, lose, draw, they've got the fourth seed. So regardless of the outcome, 
why risk injury, right? You know they're going to rest, guys. They're going to be a fourth seed no matter what. Uh, get the rest when you need it. Maybe even look to develop some guys, see who you want, areas you want to cover in the draft. That's what they're going to be doing. Rest and have their eye on the future. Now, a guy like Matt Jones, he's listed as doubtful. So that means someone like Pierre Thomas, unfortunately, he's listed as questionable. But I could see him being a guy that Gruden goes to. Gruden has not said much on how he's going to divvy up the workload or how he's going to treat it. But Vegas certainly believes they are going to be resting players because they've got a very low over-under. And most of the world thinks it as well. Why would you risk anything? If that is the case, and they are uh, reserving some of the running backs, a guy like Pierre Thomas, hopefully, if he is not questionable, I think he'd be in store for some carries, but we haven't seen much from him, and that's a bit of a gamble. Now, unless you're in multiple, multiple GPP lineups, probably not paying attention to PT, that is Pierre Thomas for Washington. All right, cats, that was the Huey Lewis in the news and notes, and now... My fade plays. First, I'm going to say Calvin Johnson. I'm fading him at 6,900 on DraftKings. Remember, I'm always spitting out the DraftKings numbers. Don't forget that on Pyro, if you're a Pyro Pro member, you get the wonderful rankings that Dog does, all the write-ups. You get the second opinion, and by write-ups, I mean we do a write-up. Multiple, four or five sentences per player for every single player, Dog ranks plus you get the second opinions you get the toolbox you get the news feeds and you get all kinds of um information thrown at you we've got the prices on DraftKings, prices on FanDuel. we've got the wild cards so guys that you should start guys that you should sit guys that are on fire we are giving you as much info as possible for you to make the most informed decision come nfl play day so I'm fading Calvin. Fading Calvin Johnson because at 3x value, 20.7 is what he needs to hit, and he's only eclipsed 20 fantasy points in full PPR three times. Three. Are you willing to bet he's going to make it four? I don't think so. Jordan Reed. Heck, not even Jordan Reed the whole Washington team, unless you're talking about guys like Pierre Thomas, but main starters, Alf, Reed, Cousins, they're going to be giving these guys rests. They're going to need rest for the playoffs. Doesn't matter how they perform this week. They are locked and loaded at their seed. Why? Why risk injury? So a guy like Jordan Reed, I'm keeping him on the bench in the main starters for Washington. So those are my fades this week, Calvin and the Washington main starters. Before we continue, let's pull out a little love to our premier partner, Founders Brewery. One of their staples is the breakfast stout. You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Breakfast stout is the coffee lover's consummate beer, brewed with an abundance of flaked oats, bitter, and imported chocolates, and two types of coffee. This stout has an intense, fresh, roasted java nose topped with a frothy, cinnamon-colored head that goes forever. Of course, you can always get the KBS, which is the breakfast stout aged in oak bourbon barrels. People line up out the door for these batches. I've seen it myself. Good stuff indeed. Remember Pyromaniacs? 
You can find local taverns and party stores that stock founders by simply going to our website. Click on the founder's logo at the top and then just enter your zip code. They basically draw you a map from there. That's Founders Brewery, the premier pyromaniac sponsor. All right, guys. Here's my tip of the week. As usual, I'm looking to Vegas. So, some implied team totals. That means, do a little math, boop, 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 and you can figure out what Vegas is implying the, that the team will score. So, Pittsburgh has the highest implied team total. They are one of my motivated teams. I'm sorry, I should say one of Josh Moore's labeled motivated teams, so they got something to play for. Pittsburgh has the highest implied team total, 29 points is what they're expected to score this week. Fantasy goo to go around when there's high implied team totals, 29 is the highest of this week. Patriots right behind them, 28.5 implied team total, they too are motivated. The last one, the third highest this week I believe is 28 from Atlanta. They are out of the playoffs, but they might have some incentive to sling it around, I'm going to talk about it implied team totals on the low end so san diego they are expected to score 15.5 points they travel to denver who is favored by 10 san diego's out of the playoffs i'm pretty sure they want to put this season to bed forget it was ever here denver is motivated they've got a stellar defense san diego 15.5 looking to avoid or on the flip side, how do you take advantage of that? Well, I want guys on Pittsburgh, Pats, Atlanta, because of the high implied team totals. When you've got the low implied team totals, I want running backs or defenses on the other side. That means the Denver D or Denver running backs. One, when Denver's favored by 10, game script is going to gravitate towards the ground game. Denver should be grounding and pounding and chewing up the clock. And defensively, especially when San Diego's on the road, they're 10-point underdogs. That's a good defense to start. The other one I'm looking at, actually I've got two more for you. The other low-end implied team total comes from the San Francisco 49ers. They're only expected to score 16.75 points. Now they are home, which is unique, because usually I'm not highlighting home low-scoring teams. Usually if you want a defense or a running back, you want the home favorite. But here the 49ers, uh, they're home to the Rams, who are favored by just 3.5. But they're out of the playoffs and 16.75, and they have no one running the ball. Lord knows where this offense is going. 16.5 is not going to generate you, 16.75 is not going to generate you a lot of fantasy goo. Jacksonville. Surprisingly, they got a 19.75 implied team total. They're out of the playoffs. Jacksonville has put up such huge games uh, on a week-to-week -week basis. Last week, I stacked Bortles, Robinson, and Hearns. They earned me 97.92 points in DraftKings, and that was only three players. I was two-thirds of my way to 3x value with just three players. Remember, on DraftKings, you got nine spots on your roster. So you're hoping for about... 50 points for every three guys. Last week, Bortles, Robinson, and Hearns got me double that with almost 100. However, this week, they've got a low implied team total. Carolina. They are 10.5. 
home favorites over Tampa. So these are teams where one, I like the running backs, and two, I like the defense. Carolina is motivated. Tampa is out of it. The only thing I've heard, if they do get up by too much, you might worry about Cam a little bit, but great running back play, great defensive play when a team is a home favorite by double digits. That is Carolina. Some high-scoring affairs. These are the over-unders of the week. We have two that are over 50 points. Giants and Philly. Now, although both are out of the playoffs, man, do they have some things to fight for. The Giants. ODB is back. You know he's got a chip. He wants to show how good he is and that the team rebounds with them. They don't want to go out like they showed last week. And you got Grandpa Coughlin perhaps fighting for his job. He doesn't want to go out like that. Now, Philly talked about it. You know, they got the, I'm going to say it again, chip on their shoulder. They are trying to show Lurie and the owners in the world that it was Chip that was bringing them down, not the talent, right? Don't ship us away. Just get us a new coach. So Giants Philly, uh, 51. They are not the highest, though. Atlanta Saints. Now, again, both these guys are out of the playoffs. So when I say, you know, gravitate towards those guys that are motivated, the teams that are motivated, not always the case. So I'm always looking for teams that are motivated, teams that have playoff aspirations, and high-scoring affairs. Giants and Philly 51, Atlanta Saints expected to score the over-under of 53 total points. Lots of good stuff to be had here. I'm going to talk about a few players coming up, but uh, I love Cooks in this one, especially with Colston out, and good news with Breeze coming back. Uh, Cooks could be a really nice play again, even Sneed. Low scoring tilts. These are going to be running backs and certainly defenses here. Rams at 49ers over under is 37. Whoa, is that low? Both out of the playoffs. The other one, Washington, Dallas over under of 39.5. Washington, one to stay away from. Win or lose, fourth seed. But Dallas, hmm, could be a sneaky defensive play. We shall see. Alrighty, folks, that brings us to the Daily Dose. Now, I beefed this one up a little bit since we didn't have as much other content because, hey, it's week 17 and it's time to play Daily Fantasy Sports. So, let's jump on the Daily Dose. Once again, I'm always talking about DraftKings prices. You can go on to the Pyro site, though, and we do give you the FanDuel prices if you're a Pyro Pro member. And what the heck are you waiting for? All right, guys, Big Ben. He is one of my quarterbacks I'm going to start it off with. 6,900 on DraftKings. He's got the highest implied team point total this week. And he is certainly motivated to win because they've got some playoffs on the line. They can still sneak in. Remember, their implied team point total is 29. So you know they're going to have a good game, lots of offensive goo to go around, and they're going to be playing whistle to whistle, first to fourth. They're up against Cleveland, who ranks sixth easiest for opposing quarterbacks in fantasy. Only Peyton and Foles failed to put up double digits against Cleveland. I think Big Ben can do it. <clears throat> Last time Big Ben played them, 379 yards, three touchdowns, only one INT, and ended up with 25 fantasy points. Last six weeks, the Browns are allowing the third highest passing TD rate in the red zone. Once Pittsburgh is in the red zone, 
out of all of their passing TDs, 91% go to wide receivers. So here we are, Pittsburgh, Big Ben, facing a team that's giving up the third highest passing touchdown rate in the red zone to a team that, once they get in the red zone, finds touchdown success 91% of the time with wide receivers. Hello, Bryant and Brown. So put those last two together, and that sounds like a Big Ben stack to me, baby. Maybe even a triple stack. Cleveland is a great team to pass on. Only six teams have fewer inter interceptions than Cleveland does. Cleveland has only amassed nine interceptions on the season. As I said, only six teams have less than that. Finally, Big Ben should have a time as only five teams have fewer sacks, so he's not going to be flustered. Not that it's easy to bring him down, but the pocket should sustain, and he should be able to find his receivers when he needs them. Eli, 5,600. If you noticed, I'm pricing down. I'm not spending up this week at quarterback. Eli, 5,600. Now, let me stop you there. There's some really nice quarterback plays that are expensive. I do like uh, Brady. I, I like um, Breeze. However, I'm going to be spending up at some other positions, so I kind of like some of the cheaper tier two quarterbacks. Eli, 5,600. This is a great one. Second highest over under at 51. Revenge for last week. Team's likely going to fight for Crofton. And, of course, ODB returns, and he's going to be motivated to blow up. Eli is a great pick. Dog loves him, as do I. Hoyer, only 5,100. Faces Jacksonville. In the last five weeks, the Jags have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to the position. In fact, if you're talking about some consistency, on the season, they allowed the fourth most points to the position. Last time Hoyer faced them, he put up three touchdowns, nary an I-N-T, and Hoyer put up 24.2 fantasy points against Jacksonville earlier this season. The Jags have four down linemen listed as questionable. Three of them are stouters. So three of their four down linemen are currently listed as questionable. I'm sorry, three of their four starting down linemen are listed as questionable. Jags have two linebackers questionable. One is a starter. So if you're doing the math at home, if you don't have an abacus, I'll do it for you. That makes four of their starting front seven currently listed as questionable. Hell, two of those four did not even practice at all on Thursday. So Hoyer could see some open pockets, have a lot of time to pass. As always, he's one of the safest stacks to put up with Nuke. Hopkins, that is. Moving to the running back position. Now, Freeman, I like him, although he's out of the playoffs. 7,600. This is a position you're going to have to spend up at. Faces the Saints, who are tied with the 49ers for giving up the most fantasy points to opposing backs. Man, I love matchups with the Saints, both sides of the ball. Saints have allowed 55 offensive touchdowns. hoo Freeman makes up 41% of all of all of Atlanta's touchdowns. Keep in mind, this dude did not play a full slate this year. So I like Freeman. He's rebounded a bit as of late. I was all set to highlight Gurley. Great situation for him, but as I said, he is doubtful. 
In case things turn around, I think he's a great play at 7,400, but I'll spare you the nitty-gritty details, as he is indeed doubtful. Moving on down the train. Train is coming, baby. D'Angelo Williams. He's on a motivated team. 7,100 on DraftKings. And this guy is just a consistent player that puts up week in, week out in DraftKings. In games he has started, the dude averages 121 total yards. Pittsburgh has the highest implied team total at 29 this week. With Manziel out with a concussion, Austin Davis in at quarterback on the other side of the ball. Can't you easily see the Vegas script coming to life where Pittsburgh gets up early, they chew the clock, and cue D'Angelo Williams all day long? Keep in mind, they're not going to rest him. They need to get the win. They're going to be playing hard. Whistle to whistle, first to fourth. Vegas says the Steelers should win by 10. Again, that's a great game script against a subpar offense with a backup quarterback at helm. I think it's likely, like I said, they're going to chew some clock. Uh, Pittsburgh is motivated, and all of that, check, 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 puts me in the D'Angelo Williams camp. Moving on down the price point. Hightower, again, He's on the highest over under the week at 53, facing Atlanta. Atlanta has surrendered 18 touchdowns to opposing backs. <clears throat> Another guy I like, White, for the Patriots. $5,000 on DraftKings faces a porous Miami D. Miami has just really given it up to running backs this year. Dolphins are tied with San Francisco for allowing the most touchdowns, 20 to the running back position. Dolphins have allowed 12 on the ground and 8 through the air. Now, this is where White excels. Again, Dolphins have allowed 12 on the ground, but 8 in the air. I don't think a team has given up more. I'm going to say that. I haven't checked, but 8 through the air is a lot. Dolphins have allowed 19 running backs to put up double-digit fantasy days. They've allowed 8 backs to put up Days of 19.9 or more. Eight running backs. 19.9 fantasy points or more. Last time these two teams faced off was in week eight, where the Patriots easily rolled to a 36-7 win. Deion Lewis was the featured pass-catching back at the time, and Lewis put up 23.2 fantasy points. He finished with six receptions, 112 all-purpose yards, and receiving TD. That is exactly the role that White steps into. My second-to-last pick. I loaded up on the backs for you this week, people. My second-to-last pick. Mr. McFadden. 4,900 on DraftKings. I know he's on Dallas, but hear me out, folks. Last three weeks, only seven teams have given up more goo to the position than Washington. Washington is in the playoffs, but as I said, they are locked and loaded at the fourth seed, so why risk injury? Chances are you're going to see this, Washington is going to see this more like a preseason game, and you are going to see a lot of second, third stringers out there. It's a damn near given that they're going to rest guys, and why wouldn't they? I would. They're gearing up for the playoffs, and they're going to need it coming out of the division that they do. Now, since their week six bye, McFadden has played 10 games. He averaged better than four yards per carry in six out of the ten. 
he went for at least 99 rushing yards in 6 of the 10. He caught at least 2 passes in 5 of those games. In all of those games, all of the 10 since the bye, he has 20 red zone rushing attempts and 2 TDs to show for it. I'm not bragging about the 2 TDs, that's not much. But 20 red zone attempts and 2 TDs? Regression is coming like a train. It's a coming, baby. I like DMC this week at 4,900 especially. My last one, that's the cap. Cameron Artis Payne, 4,300 on DraftKings. Could easily be the main show in town. Fozzie and Jay Stu currently out. And coach Ron Rivera was not optimistic about Jay Stu returning. Now, certainly playoffs, they think he's going to be okay. But for Week 17 purposes, Fozzie Stu are out. Now, that leaves Tolbert to contend with. Tolbert's going to get some looks inside the 20s. But if indeed Carolina gets up early, and they are favored by 10.5, at home, the game script could easily call for the ground game, and the Carolina Panthers. Thank you very much. So, cap at 4,300. And you know, since Jay Stu, he's going to be the main focus anyway. Uh, I think they really want to see. Now's the chance for them to see exactly what they've got in cap. If they've got any last reservations that they want to clear up, now is the time. So I think he's going to get some usage here. It's a tough Tampa D, but again, Going with the game strip, game script, if it gets out of hand early, they're not playing for the playoffs, not much motivation here. You could see some of these guys sort of looking at the watch on the defensive side of the ball, waiting to get out of there. This is a GPP play. Now, wide receivers. ODB, where were you last week when I lost by just a handful of points, you dirty... ODB, I'll take him in my DFS this week. 9,000 bones on DraftKings. Now, a bit of narrative street here for you folks. He wants to show how vital he is to the team. He's got a chip on his shoulders. This game is only one of two that's expected to shoot out at 50 points or more on the season. Philly, who they're going up against, is giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Now, Byron Maxwell the guy who would normally be guarding ODP, ODB, and Byron is no corner to write home about either. He's done for the year. So that leaves EJ Biggers with a big task in front of him, and I don't think he's ready to do the job. ODB could frankly pick Biggers apart. Next on my list, wide receiver. Here's a position I'm spending up for, JJ. Julio, down in the schoolyard against the Saints, 8,500 on DraftKings. Faces my all-time favorite. Sing with me, won't you folks? Brandon Browner. You know him, you love him, you've heard it here before. PFF consistently ranks this dude as the worst cornerback against coverage. Browner, 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 and that's who Julio Jones faces. Now, currently... Julio has 127 receptions. The record from 2002, Marvin Harrison, 143. So Jones is just, I know, 16 away. It's a lot, but I think, heck, this is something that Atlanta can go for. Going to be a big shootout game. 
They're out of the playoffs, but we've seen it before with Calvin Johnson, with AP. You've seen when teams can uh, pull together around something. They focus around something that unites them, uh, that brings them together, and this is what it is for Atlanta. Lord knows it's a lost season. They can feel good about this. They can feel good about getting a wide receiver in the record books to say, I was on that team, and they are still in the record books. I helped get that record. I helped block for the quarterback. I helped whatever. This is something that they could pull around. This could be just a but, just a bit, bit of street narrative, but this could be that motivational thing that really slips between the lines here. I'm liking Julio, but you're going to have to pay for him. Moving down from there, how can you move away from Baldwin? Who, by the way, guys, was my breakout player last year. But anyway, I, I uh, digress. 6,700 on DraftKings. Faces Arizona, who has a monument. Now, I should say, Baldwin had a monumental second half against this very team in Week 10. It followed their bye, and that was the thing that really kicked off his amazing stretch that we've seen and dropped our jaws to in recent weeks on our television screens. Now, he finished that game in Week 10, Baldwin did, with seven catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's on a hot streak. People have called for the end of it. It hasn't come yet. I don't know why you jump off the train now. Remember, Baldwin plays the slot. That's a good thing. He has the best matchup of all. Of all Seattle wide receivers, he's going to draw Arizona's slot corner Gerard Powers. He is graded by, uh, easily graded by PFF as the weak spot on that secondary. That's Baldwin. Now Lockett, I like him because the price is so much better. 4,400. He's got a tougher matchup, but I'm still going to ride the hot hand. Seattle is motivated. They could, again, move up to the fifth spot if they win and the Packers win. Now in Lockett's last four games, he was target targeted seven times in each game. That's what I call consistency. In those games, he has three touchdowns. In four games, three touchdowns. In fact, he has either crossed the paint or racked up at least 90 yards, or both, in three of the four. The time he did not was last week, so that could work for you. His ownership could be down. Once again, reviewing my wide receivers. ODB, Julio, Baldwin, Lockett. To go back a little bit further for you, for some of you that may not have quite the synapses firing like you once did, but quarterbacks, I listed Big Ben, Eli, and Hoyer. My running backs, love me some Freeman, if only Gurley were healthy. But uh, moving beyond Gurley, D'Angelo Williams, of course, Hightower, and Mr. James White. And how can we forget Run DMC, Mr. McFadden, and Cameron Artist Payne to round out my running backs. So that leaves us with tight end and D. And of course, everyone's favorite, the what you're talking about Willis play. But let's stop at the tight ends first. Ertz, my boy. 5,700 on DraftKings. 30 targets this man has afforded in the last two games. The next closest tight end. To 30 targets, the guy has 20, 10 less than Ertz. Once again, 30 targets in his last two games, Ertz has. 
In seven of his last eight, Ertz has either caught five passes or scored a touchdown. Now he faces the Giants. This, again, one of only two games that's predicted to score over 50 points. Only one team, besides the Giants, has allowed more receptions to go to opposing tight ends. Only one team, besides the Giants, has allowed more fantasy points to the position on the season. Finally, I think there's some street narrative here. Chip Kelly was not well-liked behind the scenes. <clears throat> Just heard a recent Cecil Lammy uh, interview of Adam Schefter. Shafty said the firing of Kelly was kind of a long time coming, uh, even talking that might have been expected earlier that he might have even quit uh, more around Thanksgiving, but players have been grumbling about him for a while. So I can really see players gearing up, making that statement. We don't need chip. You know, chip was a problem, not us, right? These guys are fighting for their jobs here. They don't want to get shipped off and pack their wives and their kids into new school districts. They want to stay where they are. They want to show them Jeffrey Lurie, they can play. So Besides the draft or the street narrative, I think Ertz is just a solid play because he's been playing great in up against a porous defense against the tight end position. Delaney Walker, how can you not love this man, DW5600 on DraftKings? Six red zone targets in the last four weeks. That constitutes nearly 43% of the team's red zone targets. Delaney Walker. In the last six games, Walker has received double-digit targets four different times. Now, Delaney, uh, when he faced this team back in week three, seven catches for 68 yards. So my tight ends, Delaney Walker and Mr. Zach Ertz. My defense, I believe I got three or four possible. I might even try to slip in another one there. But my defense, starting at the top, Denver, how can you not? Match the top with Denver. 4,000 on DraftKings. 10-point uh, home favorites over San Diego. Denver still motivated to win. San Diego is clearly not. San Diego only has a team-implied point total of 15.5. Statistically speaking, it's hard to beat Denver in most any category. That's why they're so explosive. That's why they're so expensive. Carolina. 400 less, 3,600 on DraftKings. They are 10.5 home favorites to Tampa. The Bucks have a net expected team total of just over 18. Uh, a little fire under the skin, perhaps, for Carolina from last week's first loss of the season. Um, another D that you could consider, but... Uh, there's some around that price point that I like, but another D to consider is Pittsburgh. They face the Browns, who could very well be in full-on tank mode in order to grab in order to grab the number one draft pick. Uh, Manziel is out. Their number one wide receiver is questionable. The most folks in Cleveland just want out, if you ask me. Uh, they're ready to put this season to bed. The Steelers are 3,500, and they face the inept Cleveland Browns. Down from there. 1,100 down from there. The Colts at 2,400. Now we're talking some basement bargain prices. Could be a sneaky play. They're home to Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, is trotting out Mettenberger as Mariata is out. Also remember, not only is their number one quarterback out, but Kendall Wright, the number one receiver, is out. 
Lord knows they do not have much of a backfield. The Colts could get a win as they are somewhat motivated. They need some things to fall into place, but the Colts are certainly motivated. Tennessee, once again, same as the Browns. They could actually be trying to tank in order to get that pick. That's who the Colts face, a team that is not only unmotivated, could honestly be trying to lose. I know they can't say that, but who are we kidding here? So that's the Colts at 2,400. My last one, the Cowboys. Cowboys, 2,100. Be able to spend up at some other positions if you buy low on the Cowboys. 2,100 on DraftKings. They are four-point home favorites to Washington. That's right. Vegas has the Cowboys favored over the NFC East champions. Why is that, you say? Why is Dallas four-point favorites? Well... I think because Vegas knows exactly what we do. Washington has the fourth spot locked up no matter what, win, lose, or draw. So who in their right mind wouldn't rest players for the playoffs? Why run the risk of injury? Why not get a look at some guys for next year? Assess some of the areas before the draft comes. Uh, get your key players healthy for the next week. Finally, the Dallas D, they're perhaps better than people believed just because their offense was such an atrocious mess and they've got such drama going down on there all the time. Uh, but their defense is pretty sharp. Dallas is only allowing 223 passing yards per game from opponents. Only four teams are allowing fewer passing yards per game. That's pretty snazzy. And they are going up against Washington. That's Dallas. 2,100 on DraftKings. All right, folks. The time you've all been waiting for. The What You Talking About Willis. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Now, the What You Talking About Willis is the minimum price on DraftKings. So, if we're talking quarterbacks, that's 5000 Minimum price for running backs and wide receivers, 3000 Tight ends, 2500 And 2000 for the defense. So, this was kind of a gimme, if you ask me. I'm going Keyshawn Martin. Edelman for the Patriots. Number one wide receiver. Out. Amendola LaFell celebrated as questionable. The next man up is Keyshawn. Last week, under similar circumstances, Martin led all Patriot wide receivers with 11 targets. Remember, they just let Hankerson go. They've got guys that really aren't familiar with the system. Martin is the man. Patriots have the second highest implied Team point total, 28.5 this week. As stated before, they are highly motivated. Wild Bill, he never seems to relinquish or take his foot off the gas no matter what the situation. They face a Miami team that in the last five weeks has given up the fourth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. The Patriots still have a ground game to contend with, and chances are they are bringing a safety over the top to double up on Gronk. So, this leaves Martin freedom to operate in the field. I love me some Keyshawn Martin for the league minimum on DraftKings of $2,000, allowing me to grab some of those higher-priced guys elsewhere. 
All right, folks, that is gonna do it. Good luck in your DraftKings and DFS games this week. This has been the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 24. This is the first Pyro Podcast of the 2016 year, January 1st, as I said. The regular boys are here 52 weeks a year with the Pyro Heavy, but I am going to continue to have a revolving door of guests with me. I've got interviews lined up from around um, the fantasy football world, plus we'll be talking with many of the Pyro Mindshare as we get going. We're going to highlight pieces and content that we come out with. Uh, we're going to have our draft kit that we're going to be hyping all the changes we're making to the podcast we're going to talk about, the changes we're doing for Pyro Pro 2016 year is going to be a really exciting time. Really exciting for Pyro, and I just cannot, cannot say better things about this company and how happy I am to be here. So I'm hoping you guys can jump along for the 2016 year to come. Pyromaniac, baby. All right, folks, we will catch you on the flip side. We'll